You don't want to miss out on this incredible podcast with Patrick Lyons, a man with over 140 IQ score, a serial entrepreneur. He has the sights set on creating the biggest, most successful online training academy on the face of the earth, not to mention doing this all while working full-time with Microsoft. Folks, this man's energy is going to inspire you. It's going to lift you up to the moon. Let's get after it today. Patrick Lyons. Folks, we got Patrick Lyons, L-Y-O-N-S, in the house. Today's a fired up day. We got the, uh, the shirt that's matching the eyes over here. Must be Swedish or German or Dutch. German and Irish. Talk about that a little bit, right? We're going to throw it way back, not to your ancestral, ancestral history because that's way too far back. But where did it all start, Patrick? Born Tell us raised, your story. Yeah, I was born and raised in <laughs> Dallas, Texas. Yeah. Grew up in a suburb uh, called Carrollton. It was a town of about 120,000. What's that steakhouse up there in Carrollton? Uh, La Hacienda Ranch or? Mm, table. It's got a number. Ooh. Table I, 13 or something like something that. Something like that. You know I, what I'm talking about. I do know what you're talking about, but I haven't been there. Mm, you got to check it out, man. Yeah. La Hacienda was our go-to place growing up. But um, yeah, grew up in Carrollton, Texas, and we were a classic Texan city in that we absolutely loved sports, but we weren't great at them. Um, I, w- I didn't play the sports. I did like the arts. So I did theater and speech and debate, choir, band, all of that. Um, and we were amazing at that. Like we might as well have been like a performing arts magnet school without the official title. Yeah. It was the kind of thing where, um, you know, we, we did musicals and plays all through elementary, middle and high school. And then once high school hit, it was like, we had basically like the best theater director in the state. So we ended up winning state for one act play. Then we got second in the state for one act play the second year. We won uh, speech and debate state finals, um, our sophomore year. And I think we got like third the next year. So like we were always in the top of the state. And you were in those ecosystems. Those are the things I did. Did you ever get a break? You mean like just not doing any of those things? No, I love doing those things. Like I didn't want to break. I wanted to do them. It was like I was bummed when high school ended because speech and debate was my favorite thing in the world because I don't know how much you know about it, but there's the speech side and there's the debate side. I wasn't on the debate side at all. It was only speech, which is basically competitive acting and performing. Oh, So it's like you take a two-hour play, you cut it down to 10 minutes in length, and you perform it in character. Mm. You could do a dramatic one. You could do a humorous one. You could do a duo where it's two people, but you can't look at or touch each other. And you could do a duet where you can look at and touch each other. And then you could do original oratory, which is like you're writing a persuasive speech. You could do poetry, prose, and I did all of those. That was my passion. It was. It still is my passion to publicly speak, but the formality of the events and the competitive setting to do them in doesn't exist as an adult. Yeah, even if you do like a Toastmasters, it's not necessarily competitive. Right. They don't have speech offs. Yeah, exactly. For lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. And you're in the fitness space, of course. But let's talk a little bit about, we're going to go to the top of the mountain and then bring you back to the journey to get there. So tell us where you're at today in your career specifically. Okay. Yeah. So there's multiple pillars of my career because I do entrepreneurial things and I do non-entrepreneurial things. So start with the least exciting. That's I work a corporate job. I'm a product manager at Microsoft. Mm -hmm. So I build features in Microsoft Teams calling. So if you've ever used the Teams platform for like collaboration, for videos, chats, calls, that's what I work in specifically for advanced calling features within the calling team. So that's what I 
is my day job, but the other stuff is what I'm always the most excited about because that's where my true passion lies. So I'm basically an actor, content creator, fitness coach, and retreat host, and I'm an aspiring slash current author. I haven't published my first book, but I've been writing for about three and a half years. So to break that down, I'm a fitness coach. I've been doing fitness coaching for about eight and a half years, and that's all online. I've worked with over 700 clients in 16 countries on six continents. So that's part of me. Mm. Do you have a question? Or Yeah, how much do you weigh right now? 182. And how tall are you? Six foot. Six feet, 182. Lean and mean. Very lean. What percent body fat? 10? Um, so last time I got a DEXA scan, I, I was about 13%. And okay. if you were to get an in-body scan on the same day, it's on average 3 to 4% lower. Mm. In-body is the more common measurement tool like that. Yeah. Mm. So that would have output 9 to 10 and yep. the DEXA output 13. Okay. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. So those are, those are some um, admirable traits in the fitness industry to maintain that year round yeah to get that in the first place mm-hmm. right what do you think the percentage of population has has those numbers really? very few i mean the average very few. the average person is somewhere you know north of 25 percent body fat like in the obesity range because that's just where the country is trending toward yeah yeah so you've got you you made sure that you uh, practice what you preach which is super important to get the respect okay okay so keep going with the 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 accolades here. Yeah, we're yeah. on a roll. We're on a roll. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, fitness coaching has been a thing for a long time. Like I said, I've been doing it all online very intentionally so it's scalable and more flexible. Mm. It's like I don't have to trade time for money. It's not like I am I have to be at the gym for one specific hour with one specific client. It's more so like I can have people all over the city, all over the state, all over the country, all over the world, and then we asynchronously communicate. So they check in with their uh, the data that I've requested of them and then to make recommendations accordingly to ensure they're continuing to make progress towards their goals, that sort of thing. Mm. How do you gain their trust? So mainly through my social media content. It's like by the time someone has decided to sign up with me, Mm. it's likely because they've followed my content for so long and gained free value and they know who I am through the content that I put out there that they feel a connection with me because I'm very intentional about not just sharing the fitness side of my life because at the end of the day, as a trainer or as a coach, the fitness side is honestly the least connectable part of you as in the least relatable part because if someone is say working a desk job they're sitting for eight hours a day they're struggling with their fitness if they then see someone who's super fit and only preaching fitness they don't feel nearly as connected to them Mm. but if i'm sharing every part of my life if i'm sharing my passions for acting for public speaking for uh, my microsoft corporate job for traveling and hanging out with friends and just showing that i have a normal life at the end of the day then people see elements of their self in me and my journey and they're Therefore, they're hopefully more willing to connect with me on a fitness coaching level. Okay. Yeah. So you've, you've had over 700 mm-hmm. in your career of doing this. Yeah. Uh, that's, so that's the second pillar is the, is the coaching, right? We talked a little bit about being at Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're probably doing fantastic things there. How long have you been working there? About four and a half years. About four and a half years, right. Yeah. Uh, and that's not definitely not an entry-level position, what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you're successful in the industry, uh, the fitness, and what, and what else? Yeah. So yeah. I'm also yeah. a content creator and actor. So those yeah. are kind of yeah. two related pillars. Yep. Content creation obviously fuels my own fitness coaching business to a degree because it's like literally my marketing of myself, my journey, my life, my lifestyle, and that way people know what my services are and like how I'm balancing that with the lifestyle that they can see as emblems of themselves in. Mm-hmm. But I also do content creation for tons of other brands. I've marketed about 120 different fitness and technology products mm-hmm. to where it's like, think mini social media commercials. So like 30 seconds or less explainer videos, breaking down the science behind whatever their product is. Why, why'd they choose to work with you? Yeah. So yeah. I, 
<laughs> I know there might be a little bit of sarcasm, but I no, 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 no. like uh, oh heck no, not yet, not yet, not yet maybe not soon, yet. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So in addition to my custom one-on-one fitness coaching, I have another business in the fitness industry called the Online Fitness Coach Academy, yep. and that teaches people the science behind all things fitness, pulling from over ten thousand published studies. So it's like if you are a current or aspiring coach and you want to be certified to coach others in the online environment, you can take my Online Fitness Coach Academy certification, learn the science behind all things fitness, and then relay that to your clients to get them the best results possible. Yeah, yeah. So taking the analytical approach to, to business. Yeah. Taking a, a data-driven approach, rather. Yeah. That's so important. I think a lot of business owners don't do that. Mm-hmm. And uh that's like where you have to start, in my humble opinion. So that, that's fantastic. Nice work on that. 120 different companies partnering with you. Yeah. Right? Okay. So a lot of wonderful accolades. And you're, are you happy? Very much so. Okay, good. That's because that's, that's what it's all about. I mean, what's the point of doing all this stuff if you're not like fulfilled, right? Yeah. So that's the top of the mountain. Great. We got a glimpse of that. Love that. Nice work. And then let's bring it back because it's probably not easy to get there, right? just to have the type of mindset that you have to be disciplined every day, to get in the gym, to eat properly, to manage the work, the nine to five, then also take the clients and all this other stuff. Uh, it probably takes some time to get to that state, um, consistently. So let's work up into that. Bring us back to a time in life to where, gosh, you were just like, what the heck is going on right now? What is going on? Am I doing the right things? Like, were you ever just super stressed at one point and, and decided like maybe you're about to make a brash move and, and move across the country or maybe you actually did do something like that and then it was, a, it was a turning point for you? Think about the very first time that that happened. What comes to mind? So the thing that comes to mind first was really what happened during COVID because- that, That's short ago. Yeah. Is anything before that? Anything before that. Um, we could throw it back to childhood. We could. So you're just looking at like times where I was making like a big, bold choice and didn't know. Something that was like a pivotal, here's the pun, a pivotal moment in your life that shaped who you are, that really shaped and changed you. Yeah. But ultimately led for the greater good of Patrick. So I would say in a way it's all the way back to age nine. And in a way it's like a gray area from age nine to like 19. Okay. So what I mean yep. is yeah. age nine is when I first started working out and I started working out because that's what I'm talking about, because I was super skinny and weak and felt skinny and weak to the point of like a lack of confidence in myself. I wasn't a big sports guy. So like I didn't have like a, an athletic endeavor that was going to help me get in shape. And so it really became kind of on myself to like figure out how am I going to do this? Like, how am I going to, get past this state where I feel weak and scrawny and whatnot. And, um, so I started seeking out answers. And the first answer that I found was via the movie Batman begins, because there's a scene where he drops to the floor and he just does pushups and nine-year-old influenceable me says, I'm going to do pushups like Batman. So literally from age nine to about 15, pretty much every single day I did pushups and I started adding in variations of push-ups. I added in pull-ups, I added in sit-ups. And I just did those like on repeat. And I literally had like a calendar where I would write down like exactly how many push-ups and pull-ups and sit-ups I did of each type. And I just, I didn't know what progressive overload was, but I thought that I needed to get stronger and that meant I needed to do more push-ups, push-ups. sit-ups and pull-ups. <laughs> and uh, during that time, I found my first like mentor of sorts via Master Ken Weikert, who's an army master, master trainer. And um, again, I was like around age nine or 10 at this time. And I see 
army master trainer, Ken Weckert, wearing like an adult XL t-shirt and completely filling it out. And I'm just like, I want to be like this guy. And so I'm like watching all of his like push-up demonstration videos of like varying the heights of your hands and varying like the angle of your body and stuff. And uh, so I just started like taking in all that I could through him. And then I got like the perfect push-up, which is like the rotating handles push-ups. And so I would be like varying the elevation of those and just like trying out as many varieties as possible. So that's all to say that like from age nine to 15, I didn't actually get bigger. I just got really good at pushups. Um, and so it wasn't like I was spinning my wheels because I definitely was like developing a very early passion for something that would obviously change my life later. Um, but it didn't go directly in the direction I wanted it to, AKA like getting bigger and stronger, like to the point of like seeing a change in the mirror beyond just being like shredded. Like I wanted to be big mm. and I wasn't. Um, and so around age 15 or 16 is when I actually got my first online fitness coach. And he was the one who taught me macro tracking mm. and he taught me how to uh, like know the number of calories I should be consuming to achieve my goals and started shifting me more toward, uh, not just body weight exercises, but like actually adding resistance with like dumbbells and, um, things like that. But it was all at home. Mm. Do you have a question? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I was just thinking, thinking a little bit here. So when, when you're back at, at age nine, okay, that's, that's young Yeah. for, for most to start on their own working out. Yeah. Other than not wanting to be you know, skinny or whatever adjectives you used, what else was driving you than to, than to want to not be like that? What else was there? I mean, I really was a very happy kid and I had things I enjoyed doing at that time. Like yeah. I was decent at school. I was already in uh, theater at the time. So like I had a good life and I loved my family and my friends and all that. It really was just like the lack of confidence in myself driven by the physical appearance and not like physical face appearance, but physical body appearance. Yeah. 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 Um, were you in a sport at that point in time? So I played soccer from age three to 11. Yeah. Um, and around the same time of like the Batman thing, I started gymnastics again. I did it in preschool and then I started back up in fourth grade because mm. Batman can do tricks and stuff. And so I needed to also. Is he still your hero? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. Cause he's a real dude. Yeah. That's why I like Batman too. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, all right, all right. So we got into working out around nine. What did your parents think of that? Did they ever comment on your, your habits? They definitely did, but never like in a demeaning way. It was definitely always like supportive and like they were fine with it. Like, uh, yeah. And <laughs> it's great. Yeah, no, it yeah. was like we had like five or 10 pound dumbbells or something. And so I think occasionally I would like ask my dad if I could use those. And again, me knowing nothing, my like version of working out with dumbbells was literally holding them out to my sides for as long as I could. <laughs> I thought that that's what you needed to do. That's cool. So I'd be like yeah. watching like, I don't know, Cyber Chase on C uh, PBS Kids and just like seeing how long I could hold the weights out for. That's cool, man. So yeah. yeah. So what's Cyber Chase? What was that? Cyber Chase was uh, a TV show that implemented math and science within to cartoons. It was really cool. Like the thing I'll never forget is there's an episode where... Um, some guy is making a trade for some service and he's like, I can't pay you. Or no, no, you, you can't pay me. But what I'd like for you to do is give me one grain of rice for the first square of the checkerboard and then double it for every square of the checkerboard. And that's all you need to do. And so the guy not knowing math was like, oh yeah, sure. That's no problem. If it's only one or two to start, surely it won't be many, but it gets to like trillions and quadrillions of grains of rice to where it's like hundreds of thousands, not millions of dollars worth of rice. Yeah. So it's like an amazing deal for the guy. Dang. Kind of and that kind of opened up your eyes to, to that. 
yeah. stuff sort yeah. of thing. Okay, that's fine. I loved math and science. Yeah. Um, wow. That's, yeah, that sounds pretty good. I, I have never heard of that show, sadly. That's okay. We might be a different era. I was doing like Rocco's Modern Life okay. on Nickelodeon. I haven't heard of that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. So then 15 comes up, right? What do the conversation look like with your parents? Because that's a big deal. Yeah. Getting a coach. Coaches. I mean, Michael Jordan had a coach all the way to the last day of his career. Yeah. Right? You started having a coach that was uh, intentional, wanted to see you grow at 15. Um, how'd that conversation go with your parents to get one? I don't remember exactly how it went, but... Because you didn't pay for it. They paid no, for yeah, it. They, they paid for it. Nice parents. Yeah, very nice parents. Very nice parents. Yeah. I think that they realistically had seen me working out on my own for like six years at home and literally often like falling asleep on the ground at the bottom of the push-up. Like it was the thing I would do like late at night sometimes and whatnot. So... Surely they, they realized this was something I cared about, that I was passionate about. Yeah. Um, and they knew that I, I cared about like gymnastics type strength and body weight strength and all this stuff. So they knew that it was something that mattered to me. And so I think that likely when I, I had the idea, they were just kind of like, yeah, I, we support you. We, we'd love for you to do that type thing. But again, I don't remember how the exact conversation Do you remember was. the coach? Yeah, his name was Chet Nichols. Chet Nichols. Yeah. Where's Chet? Chet is now uh, the head coach of USA Physiques, and he coaches like bodybuilding national competitors. Yeah, for USO USA Physiques, not like that's not Olympics, not Olympics. That's just the brand. Yeah, yeah, it's the brand. Yeah, because we don't like, have that in Olympics. Right. Okay. Yeah, because it's too subjective to be in the Olympics. It's like <laughs> it has to be objective to be in the Olympics. But yeah, I mean, it's great branding because it's literally it sounds like Olympics. But yeah, yeah he crushes it. Where, where does he live? You said. Uh, I don't know where he is now. Actually, okay. he was in yeah. either Oklahoma or Arkansas last time I checked, but I don't know where he is now. That's freaking cool. Yeah. Okay. I bet he'd get a kick out of uh, listening to his story. Yeah, we still follow each other for sure. Like he, um, I guess I don't know how many details of my story he knows, but it's like at least every couple of years we check in with each other because it's like I'm fitness coaching, he's fitness coaching. We're just kind of in different uh, niches, you mm. could say. Okay. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, the, the the student became the teacher. And then y'all can collaborate on that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're, you're working out 15, get the, got the coach going and then with fitness. Okay. Like freaking, what's his name? Nick, Nick, something, the pro guy, he had to quit. Um, he was going to go to Arnold classic or Ooh, Mr. Universe. Nick, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? I know you're talking about, I can't remember his last name. Monster. Yeah. Pulled a hamstring. Yeah. There's a video of him crying. Right. Cause it's his livelihood. Right. Anyways. Tell us, did you get any injuries along the way? Yeah, I absolutely did. When I was um, 19, I believe, maybe 19, just about to be 20, or maybe just after 20, I, uh, I was squatting in the gym, and after the gym, I ran home, because I always ran home after the gym, and I just felt like this burning sensation at the patella tendon of my kneecap. I didn't know that it was called the patella tendon at the time but just the tendon directly below your kneecap mm. and uh, it was just burning. And then by the time I got home, it lasted for hours thereafter. So even when I wasn't actively doing something, it still hurt. So that was definitely like worrisome. And then by the next day, it was like the burning sensation kind of gone away. But every time I would work out my legs thereafter, it just immediately came back. And so went and saw the on-campus uh, physical therapy guy and he said it was probably, um, patellar tendonitis, which is just like a general term for like jumper's knee or like uh, inflamed patellar tendon, that sort of thing. So he, you know, prescribed some uh, physical therapy exercises and whatnot. But the long story short is that like two years and two misdiagnoses later, it still wasn't fixed. Dang. And so what we found out after only getting an MRI is that it was about 40% torn. 
Um, so it wasn't just inflammation. It was a full bone, 40% tear. Um, and so I got um, multiple rounds of stem cell injections. Neither of them worked. And the only thing that eventually fixed it was like about three years after the initial incident, um, I went to a dynamic rehab facility in Austin called Austin Run Lab, and they specialize in pretty much all injuries from the waist down. Downtown? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Dr. Peter Halus picks me up, and uh, I'll Dang. be forever grateful. Okay. So when you squat now, what kind of mental uh, games does it play on you, knowing that you had that? Yeah, so it played mental games on me for probably four years after fixing it. Yeah. Um, because there's, it's not proven by science, but there's a concept that like it takes as long to get over the mental part as the duration of the injury. So like I was dealing with an injury for three years. It took me about four years to get over the mental hurdle. Of they say it. that about relationships too. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. When you break over significant <laughs> other. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've heard that as well. But yeah, like I said, no science to back it up, but that's what my experience was. Now it's like, I'm so far beyond it that, um, I definitely don't think about the injury actively, but I still take precautions for sure. So it's like, I'm very slow and controlled on my form and technique for all things. Quadriceps. I wear knee sleeves. I wear squat shoes. Like I'm just very diligent. What kind of, of uh, squat shoes? And I how use, did you pick them? Yeah, I use the L1 Tier Sport squat shoe because it's one of, if not the only, wide toe box squat shoe on the market. Wide toe box. Only. Yeah, wide toe box means like normally you're compressed. Yeah. It allows you to fully splay. L1 is the brand. L1 is the model. Tier Sport T Y R is the model. Is that an American company? I believe so. It was uh, done in partnership. Well, actually, I don't know if Tier is, but they were done in partnership with Squat University, which is a, an American company. That's freaking cool. Yeah. Nice choice. Yeah. That's, see, that's specific. That's calculated. Thoughtful. Oh, 100%. And that's what you get when you're a pro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So we got a little bit about, you know, you're, you're 18, 19 years old. And then what, what happened after high school? Yeah. So uh, after high school, I... Um, I had been working with a coach, but again, it was only in the at-home environment. So like I had learned nutrition and that allowed me to gain maybe like 12, 13 pounds of muscle. I was finally getting some size, but still like wasn't super confident. It was decent. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I only knew how to work at home. So once I get to college, you're in like a tiny dorm room working at home. Isn't practical anymore. And you now have access to like a full gym, Yeah. but I'd never used a full gym before. So like I, even with as much experiences that had working out at home, I felt so unconfident again in the gym because I didn't know how to use anything. All the equipment was foreign to me and it was like, I didn't feel like I belonged. What does that tell you about environment? It matters a heck of a lot. It's like you, you literally are learning how to manipulate or um, operate in the environment that you're accustomed to. Yeah. So if you enter a new environment, then not so easy. Jeez. Yeah. Now what's it like for you now going into a new gym? Oh, I love it. It's like being on a playground. On a playground. Yeah. You see how that perspective changes? And, and there's probably a, mo- a moment in time that, that everybody goes through that evolution to where at first it's like super uncomfortable. And then maybe for the first couple of times or hours or days or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden, something just changes. We don't mm-hmm. know when it's going to happen. Yeah. But it does. Now look at you. You go in any gym and you're like, let's go, baby. Any Anytime, any place, anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. And uh, So college. For what? Yeah, so I went to school for mechanical engineering, and I got certificates in business and computer science as well. Did you like it? I liked it, but I mainly did it because of the scholarship. What scholarship? I had a full ride to UT Austin. For what? Uh, basically for engineering plus academic. Um, so it was like I got the scholarship because yeah. of my academics. I graduated rank one in my high school. And nice so work. 
Thank you. That allowed me to get like, I don't know, six or seven different scholarships that all added up to more than a full ride to UT. Well, phenomenal. Yeah. I bet your parents were proud about that too. Yeah. And, ha- and happy Yeah, about they're that. very happy. Yeah. Yeah. Where are your folks today? They- they're still in Carrollton, Texas. Okay. Same place I grew up. That's where we'll be going three days from now for Thanksgiving. You know, Carrollton, dude, it's like per capita, it's got the most restaurants in the country or something what? like that. There's some weird fact like that. I got to look that up. I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I could be wrong. But I kind of buy it because there that are up, a though, ton you know? of them. There are a ton of restaurants there. Good thing you're in the fitness industry. Yeah. Because I can get you. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, what kind of sisters and brothers you got? Any? Yeah, I got three. I have two brothers and one sister. I'm the youngest. Where are they? So I got one brother who's up in Pennsylvania. He's a jeweler. He and his wife are both jewelers. And then I got my brother, David, who's over in Los Angeles. He's a computer scientist. And my sister's in Dallas. She's an account executive. What kind of account? Uh, she was working in the consulting industry for a while. So she okay. would be, actually, I used the wrong word. Oh. I'm used to acronyms. Uh, account executive is the same because she's a, a, an EA, not an AE. So she's an executive TV. assistant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. For the consulting yes. company. Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. So you're, you got Thanksgiving coming up. Mm-hmm. And you're going up to Dallas. To Dallas. Yeah. Whole squad going to get together? Uh, the brothers usually are only able to make it in town maybe once a year. Yeah. Probably will be Christmas. And so this time Christmas. will be like my sister, her family, because she has a husband and two kids. Yep. And then myself, my mom and dad, and then maybe some relatives. Okay. So you got, you got some energy, right? You, you probably have been told this before, that you're a high, and high energy person. How do you protect that? How do I protect my high energy? How do you protect that? I, Seriously. I think because it's, it's re- a gift, right? Like, yeah. You got to admit, when you've got energy, it's like you don't want to waste it. Mm-hmm. And I think that you do a good job at capitalizing on, on your energy um, because you apply it in a places that make a lot of sense, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the business, your authorship, your work. Mm-hmm. The list goes on. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not to mention the hobbies you didn't even talk about yet that right. you're doing right now. Yeah. So how do you how do you protect that man? Because it's a it's it's a, a, a no other way to put it. It's a gift. Yeah, and, yeah. P- and sometimes people want to take it. Totally. Yeah. I haven't thought about it in this exact way before, but laying it out as like a how do you protect it type thing, it really comes down to making non-negotiables and not compromising on them. So for example, I don't allow certain types of people into my life. Like if someone is an energy sucking type person, mm-hmm. they're probably not going to be in my life for more than like the couple hours that I have to be around them. It's just like, I don't allow that kind of negative energy into my life mm-hmm. because I know that it will inherently like drain me of energy. I don't have the, like, I can't afford to, to allow to leave me. Mm. Um, but by, Contrast, it's like I really go after the things that I love because those are the things that fill me with energy, both the things I love and the people I love. It's like I set an intention every year on my birthday, and my intention this year was to not only make the most of all 24 hours of every day, but to focus on the relationships in my life specifically, as opposed to focusing on anything else. Doesn't mean I'm not focusing on like my entrepreneurship and my career and things, but people in my life are my my greatest like focus for this year. Mm. And so I'm specifically focusing on like, who are the people in my life that I love that raise me up, that I can raise them up, that like, it's a mutual, mutually beneficial exchange of energy in a way. Um, just to give uh, to allude to like your, your energy concept. And so it's like by being so intentional about doing those things and only those things, it's almost like I don't have to think about protecting the energy because it's just like I'm only allowing myself into environments that I thrive in. Yeah, because we all have – they always say we all have the same amount of time in a day. Yeah. It's what you're doing, what you're saying no to, what you're saying yes to. Yeah. When you say it like that, it sounds pretty simple. 
doesn't make it easy though. And the part that makes it not easy is the discipline mm -hmm. behind it. So where does the discipline come from? Have you always been like that? I've always been like it in some ways, but as time has gone on, I've been very intentional about allowing it to transpire into other ways. So mm. my first discipline started with academics. And if I had to put a route to why my academic accolades started to uh, accumulate, it's because I have this very distinct memory. I think it was either second or third grade. I think it was second grade where the GT kids, the gifted and talented kids got to go into their own room to do like gifted and talented things. Mm. And as a second grader, I saw that and it almost like rubbed me the wrong way where I was like, why am I not gifted and talented? Why am I not in that room with <laughs> That's them? messed up. I know. And so, <laughs> and the way that you get into that thing is like, you just have to place well on the IQ test. And so uh, shortly thereafter, I got a 142 on the IQ test, which is, I, I'm not calling myself a genius, but like in the terminology that 140 and above is considered genius. Mensa, uh, Mensa quality. Mensa quality. What is that? Mensa. Mansa? M-E-N-S-A. What is that? I don't know what it's an I don't know what it stands for. It's an acronym though for anybody with high IQs. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, you should join that. Yeah, apparently I should. <laughs> Make some smart friends. I could do it. <laughs> but yeah, like that's all to say that uh, I took the IQ test, I performed well enough, and I performed so well that they invited me not only to go to the gifted and talented, they were like, you can leave this school and go to the LEAP program if you want, which would be like the the highest tier available or whatever. And I said, absolutely not. I want my friends, but I want to be gifted and talented. So I stayed within the normal schooling, but I got into the GT program. And so I think from there on out, I maybe just had more confidence in my own academic abilities. And so I literally started getting like all A's. Like I think in second grade, I probably had a couple of like C's and B's, mm. but then I never got anything lower than an A after that. And um, so then it just became like a normal thing for me to, to put all my time energy into academics. And uh, simultaneously, you know, I was going through theater. I found my love for that. And that kind of transpired into choir and band where like I just loved arts. So it was just kind of like everything became like I might as well try and be the best. And why not be the best? And to be the best, you have to put in the time. And so literally from middle school years, I was putting in more time than anyone into band and choir. So by the time I got to eighth grade, I ended up placing first chair tenor one uh, for singing and first chair baritone for band out of everyone in the region, not just my school. Mm. So things like that, it was just like, I wanted to be the best because I knew that I could be if I just put in the time. And that has carried over to now. Again, another simple principle. You know that you could be mm -hmm. if you simply put in the time. Yeah. If you do the work, it will reward you. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Um, I had another question about that. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to talk a little bit about priorities right now in, okay. in, your, in, your, in your life because they shift mm -hmm. from time to time. Yeah. Um, what's your, in its most simplest form, what is your number one priority? You wake up tomorrow morning. What's your number one priority? Whew, that's a nice open-ended question. Yeah. It's a, it's a hard one because... I almost inherently believe that you can't just have one priority and you can't just have one number one priority because there are pillars of prioritization. So for me, it's happiness, fulfillment, and health. You can't have one without the other two. It has to be all three. Mm. And so it's like, if I'm talking about priorities, it's kind of like, what is my priority for happiness? What is my priority for fulfillment? What is my priority for health? Mm. And so I can't say that there's just one because I have to have all three. And even within each of those pillars, I have to have multiple things. So for example, fulfillment, it's like, 
I experience fulfillment through the people that I help through my business, but I also experience fulfillment through God. So it's like, I can't have one or the other. I have to have both mm-hmm. within happiness. I experience happiness through doing the things that I love, like working out, like traveling, but I also experience happiness through the people that I spend time with. So I can't have one or the other. It has to be both. And with health, I can't just exercise. I also have to eat well and move well throughout the day. I have to have all of them. So it's a weird thing where it's like, I, I don't think I can give you just one priority. It has to be multiple. There's no all encompassing like statement for the type of being that you choose to be. Mm-hmm. Is there? Oh, um, Oh, I mean, so everything I just <laughs> described to you is, uh, parts of my book. And so everything I just described is my definition of success where happiness, fulfillment, and health while helping others are the requirements to be a successful person. Mm. So in a way, my genuine aspiration is just to be the most successful human being possible. But most people hear that and they would just be like, so you want a bunch of money? money. Yeah, but that's yeah. not what I want. It's no. those things. Yeah, yeah. And there's really no point to have that as your measurement of success right? because it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You've got a lot of billionaires out there that are freaking unhappy yeah. and unfulfilled. Yeah. Right. I've written about exactly that in my book and I've furthermore written, why do billionaires continue to do things that matter? If money was all that mattered, they could just go retire to a private island and never do a single thing with their life. But consistently the billionaires who thrive are the ones who never stop doing things. doesn't mean they have to operate at the 16 hour a day level that they were, Mm. but they got to do something. They're probably going to do something with their money that impacts the world because that's where you derive fulfillment, not from the money itself. Right. Right. Well said. Well said. You said book. What's the name of this book? So I'm not telling the title of the book until it comes out. I'm very like, why you gotta have secrets? Cause it's just like, it matters to me, man. Like I I want it to be a, what about your close friends? They know, um, I think I've told maybe two people. Yeah, you see that? <laughs> All right. Call me up. Whatever. We'll yeah. know eventually. Stay yeah. tuned for that. Um, okay. So we got a little bit about who you are as a person, what you believe in. That's great. Thank mm-hmm. you for sharing that. And then let's talk a little bit about the big, the big picture in the future. Mm-hmm. Right? What is, all this, what is all this leading towards? Yeah. All this activity, intention, and action. I, you know what? I used, those are the same things, action and activity. You get what I'm trying to say, yeah, man. I What's all this? Where are we going with this? Yeah. So yeah. the aspiration is to scale the Online Fitness Coach Academy to be the number one premier online fitness coach certification out there. Mm. And then simultaneously to become a world-class actor on television and or film. So those are the, the main things I'm working toward. Um, mm. And then simultaneously cultivating relationships that will be with me forever and continue to deepen. And so one of the businesses I didn't tell you about uh, in that spiel is that I'm a retreat host. And so I hosted my first retreat in Hawaii back in August of this year. Mm -hmm. And it was literally the best week of my life. And I say that with no exaggeration. It was like, I didn't know how great it was going to be until after it was over. And I realized it was like everything that I wanted in a week, constantly for a week. Oh, dude, that's a whole other podcast for another (laughs) day. But that sounds amazing. Yeah. Uh, Can you give us a couple of bullet points on that? Yeah, so all my retreats are fitness-oriented retreats with an authentic experience to whatever place we're in. So in Hawaii, fitness-oriented retreat with an authentic Hawaiian experience. What does that mean? It's like we are doing all the things that make Hawaii what it is. So we're going on hikes at the best scenery that the island has to offer. We're going to the beach. We did a professional photo shoot with Hawaii's most intimate photographer. We had fresh poke, seafood, fish tacos, the best restaurants on the island. And we did that with people who didn't know each other prior to the event, but we all had that common ground of a passion for fitness. So within like a couple hours of meeting each other, it was like we became friends and then we just had a vacation with friends. 
And you're doing all the best things. Yeah. And then you have to think about it. You put it together. Absolutely. Jeez. Can I ask you a question about that? What's up? No, no, no wrong answer here. Are you willing to share how much something like that would cost somebody if they wanted to sign up for that? Yeah. So the first go around was 2000 a person and it may end up having to increase because like just from a sustainability perspective, um, it was like, we broke even on the first one. So okay. it was like, yeah. it was mainly meant to prove out the concept yeah. and make sure like this works. This is something I enjoy. This is something that other people enjoy. And that like, I would see myself wanting to repeat it and completely validated that like 100% want to keep doing this. And so now it's just a matter of like, what business model adaptations do we need to make? Um, for context, we did have sponsors for this trip and without those sponsors, we would have lost even more as opposed to breaking even. Mm. So the idea is, okay, we might get more sponsorships. We might get bigger sponsorships. We might increase the ticket price or mixture thereof. Who's we, uh, my business partner and I, he's based out of Australia. He runs the company called best in travel. If you look them up on social media, they got like 1.6 million followers. And so they have a great network of travel connections. Yeah. So he helped me to kind of make it come to life, but I ultimately planned the schedule and I was the one on the ground making it all happen. Is his name Jerry? It is not. Why? No, I'm making that up. <laughs> no, dude. I was trying to think of what an Australian name it is. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, that's that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, how often do you interact with this this person? Tom? Tom. Yeah, Tom. he's the guy at Best in Travel. Tom. Trying um, to do Australian accent. I mean, when we're like actively in the mode of like, we're planning a retreat, we're doing the retreat, then it's like, you know, multiple times a week type thing. Yeah. Um, but we're in like a non-period of... Uh, like we're not hosting retreat right now and we don't have the next one planned yet. So once that gets kickstarted back up. And this is just great. This is really great. Let's talk a little about leverage for the business owners out there because look, you'll, you'll hear this excuse. Oh, you know, I got a full-time job. I'm busy. You know, no, no, you're doing it. Yeah. How do you leverage yourself? Do you leverage yourself in the coaching business and the retreat business? How do you get help? Or do you do it all on your own? Do you click book this, book that? Do you do that? I do, you know what as, I'm I do as much of it on my own as possible. And then I only contract out when it's like absolutely needed. Contract out. Tell us about that process. Only one example. Cause we, yeah. We, yeah. So like my least favorite thing to do with growing my YouTube channel, which I didn't talk about at all previously, but I have a YouTube channel. And so my least favorite thing was editing. And so once I found that not only was my least favorite, it also took up the most time. It was just a no brainer. Like this is the first thing that I need to not do myself. Mm. So I went on Upwork. I put out a, uh, think like a bulletin, but on the internet and like 20 people replied saying like, Hey, I'd love to do videos for you. I'll do the first one for free. And so then I had people edit the exact same video and see which one output the best video. And then that guy became my editor. That's great. Yeah. Upwork. Upwork. Okay. It's like Fiverr. So it's like super low cost people in just like different economies to where it's like money just works differently there. You yeah. Know, the, the U S dollar compared to their local currency. I've got some virtual partners in the Philippines that yeah. Yeah. yeah that, okay. That's good. That's good. Make note of that, right? Leverage where you can. Mm-hmm. Leverage where you can. Okay. Hmm. Let's say somebody's going through some struggles. Okay. We're going we're gonna to wrap this up with a little inspiration for those listening in here because we ultimately want to help people through storytelling. Mm-hmm. That's what, you, that's what you're, you're doing here. Um, what would you say to somebody that might be challenged with their body image? You know, how, how would you help them if you were so, talking to somebody right now? Yeah. Sitting in, the, in that chair. Now, what would you say to them? They're like, you know, I feel skinny. Yeah. Weak. The number one thing that I would tell them is to realize that loving your body is not the same as being satisfied with your body. 
and that you can do both and you should do both. So what I mean is that like some people would say like, I am either really skinny or I am overweight and I hate my body or something like that. And I think that the, the challenge is to realize that the body that you will ultimately end up with that is your like ideal physique is ultimately the same body you have now the exact same body. You've just gone through healthy changes to get to the physical aesthetic appearance Mm -hmm. and the healthier state of being that you want to be at. And so I think it's super crucial to love your body at every step of the process, but not confuse that with satisfaction. You can absolutely be unsatisfied with where you're at, but still love. And so by adopting that mindset, you hopefully don't go through like a six, seven year period where you're like dreading looking at yourself in the mirror just because it isn't exactly what you want to see right now. Mm. That's a, that's good wisdom right there. Thank you. How long did it take you to figure that out? Many, many years until many, after, many years. until after I was satisfied with my body. Like it just, it took me longer than it should have. So that's the light at the end of the tunnel for those struggling with uh, any, any challenges like that. Now to conclude all of this greatness that we're chatting about here today, what would, uh, what would that ultimately do for you to be able to be that professional actor? And have the number one online training academy. What would it do for you? It would allow me to experience an immense sense of fulfillment on a daily basis, but also to enjoy my daily life to the utmost degree. It's the concept where like that week that I spent in Hawaii was a constant week of like loving every aspect of life. And I want that to persist into more parts of my life and more weeks of my life as much as possible. So it's like, with my passion for storytelling and conveying messages that can allow people to maybe escape from reality and the stresses of life and just enjoy the story that I'm telling through the acting that I'm doing. If I can do that on a daily basis and surround myself with other creatives who can tell that story with me, like that is something that I crave and that I would love to experience on a very regular basis. Mm-hmm. Similarly with the Online Fitness Coach Academy, I love fitness personally and I love educating others in the science behind all things fitness. And if I can then certify hundreds if not thousands of people to learn the things that I know that I'm conveying to hundreds of clients right now, then it's like my impact scales far beyond what I can ever do. It's like if a thousand coaches work with a thousand clients, that's a million clients reached. I can never individually reach a million people, but through the people that I educate, I hopefully can. And what would that, what would that mean for you to be able to, to have that all in what you just described? What would it mean? It would mean that I can hopefully get the world toward a healthier state of being, because as I alluded to earlier, if the average body fat percentage is like in the obesity range, I want to help fix that as much as possible because metabolic disorder and obesity and diabetes and all of those complications of overweight and obesity um, lead to some of the worst health outcomes and earlier death. And so if I can get the world to a healthier state of being where they can thrive in their day-to-day life, then that would just be the coolest thing. And, and, and why else? And why else? Because I pride myself on um, impacting the world in the world of health and fitness coming from the kid who knew nothing about fitness and wanted so badly to know how to get in shape. And so if I can kind of democratize that knowledge and make it so that it isn't something that people have to struggle with from a young age or out throughout their entire life, or at least give them the resources that they can latch onto, um, it would, it would feel both fulfilling and accomplishing for me. Like it's something I crave. Hmm. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. We just tapped a little bit into, to your mission statement, essentially 
um, you could turn all of what you just said the past 30 seconds into, into your mission, which is phenomenal. Right? It's like uh, making health and fitness accessible, mm. um, which will ultimately better humanity. Yeah. Right. That's fired up. You knew this though. You know that it's fired up. Absolutely. When you think about it, your energy levels go even higher than they are. Yeah. Right. Totally. And you can tell, man, what I would do to see everybody have something like that, light them up when they think about it and get to actually act on it. Right. That's fulfillment. Totally. Nice job. Appreciate it, man. Nice job. This was fun. Yeah. Um, How can people get a hold of you? Right. Easiest you ways through Instagram at Patrick Lyons. That's definitely where I'm uh, the best reached. Yeah. I, uh, I yeah. have LinkedIn. I have Facebook. I have YouTube. I have TikTok. You can pretty much just search Patrick Lyons on any of them. Uh, yeah. TikTok being the one exception, you need an underscore between the Patrick and the Lions. Fair. But everywhere else is Patrick Lyons. And who's one person, last question, I always ask this at the end. Who's one person you want to talk to, have a meaningful, deep conversation with that's still alive today? Probably Jeff Nippard. Do you know that name? Jeff Nippard is probably the single best synthesizer of scientific research on the planet in the world of fitness. Um, he's not a PhD himself, but if you look at any of his content, he is just diving deep into the science behind pretty much any fitness topic, especially focused around things like bodybuilding, powerlifting, um, and body recompositional changes, and presenting it in a way that just allows anyone to digest it from beginner to pro. Does he write? He is writing his first book on um, like the science behind bodybuilding and strength training principles right now. It's phenomenal. Where does he live? Canada. Do you know what part? I think it's Toronto. Toronto? Yeah. Jeff Nippert. Okay. N-I-P-P-A-R-D. With an N? N, yeah. Yeah, okay. Very good. Very good. Yeah, he's a beast. Well, folks, and so are you. Yep, yep. Um, thanks so much for listening in. Uh, I trust that this story, this incredible story will move you to take greater action for your life, will inspire you. And uh, of course, follow up with Patrick for anything health and fitness related. He's got you covered. Till next time. Cheers.